Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Friday edition is here. We've been waiting on it. Short week. Felt longer than normal, honestly, with the holiday going into New Year's Eve. Happy New Year to you. Great show planned. We've got Trey Wallace, who's going to join us in 20 minutes. Outkick.com, SEC columnist. He'll be with us to discuss all of the matchups in the college football playoff, New Year's Six, and more. And Fred Taylor is today's special guest with our guest host, Keith Bullock. One of my favorite guys uh, that I ever was around in a locker room. And it's turned into a, a, a cool friendship uh, on and off the mic. Keith, welcome, man. Yeah, nah, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I've been here before when yeah. you guys first started. I, f- I feel like I was on a stage outside. <laughs> yeah, we were. Which was cool. You want to be outside today? Hey, nah, look. It's a nice. It's not that bad compared to last week, but no, I don't. <laughs> you got a nice, cozy studio. I just had me some. Uh, what is it? Oh, white, white duck tacos. White style. duck tacos. Um, I got. I got a beer. Hold up. You got the pilsner. I got the pilsner. We cheers <laughs> earlier, but cheers. Cheers, cheers to uh, Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. I, I, this is this might. I mean, we're just getting started, but so <laughs> far. <laughs> This might be one of the best shows that I've been on. <laughs> I can't even lie. Let's go. All we need is Lindo White to make it the best ever. You know what? You guys just need to have him on. I I need to tell these guys need to come by themselves. I don't want to steal their thunder, you know, um, yeah. Because I might do that. But uh, <laughs> nah, these dudes they need to come by themselves, man. Um, I know you got your own like. There's like a. We got our old eight-man crew. crew in here. Yeah, one guy left jammed early. In, jammed it. Yeah. He, well, he he didn't leave early. He left on time, but he was here earlier. That's how I know he gets he gets <laughs> the job done. Um, Keith gets it done. So you get up early every day. You've I do. You've gone from and you were you've invested in a lot of things throughout yeah. your career, but you are all in um, with uh, more than just finances. I'm saying with yeah. your your new venture, which is a, a local coffee shop it's not local it's a it's a it's a chain yeah no. uh but you own your own here in town with just love yeah i'm all in too far in you're cooking <laughs> you're cooking it sometimes yeah you know what um now i can't help myself because it's like when i first got it and um just love is a local uh coffee cafe here rob webb who was born in nashville yeah. went, to, went to lipscomb um he and his wife um one, they they adopted two um, children and they realized the process was long and it was on top of being long it was very expensive, um, so he just started roasting beans in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is about 35, 40 minutes from where we are right now, and people were like smelling the aroma of coffee and they're like, oh, can, can we buy some coffee? He's like, I don't sell coffee. It's like I just roast beans, and he's like. Hey, I need to sell some coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he started slinging Joe, and, um, you know, he started franchising, and I got in on one of the earlier franchises, Chris Johnson, former all-pro running back from uh, the Titans, former teammate. He invested, and actually he kind of um, – he invested first. I don't drink coffee, 
But when the draft, it's amazing. You're like Brady, <laughs> right? When the when the draft <laughs> came here, though, it was crazy. Like people would hit me up, where do, where do I go? I was like, go to uh, you know Sixth and Peabody and get some white duck tacos and drink some Yeehaw beer and and get some Old Smoky. Did I hit them all? <laughs> you hit them. All right, cool. You crushed it. Yeah. So, yeah, but I was doing that type thing around the city, and I was sitting there just like, dang, it's crazy. The only thing I own is my house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, it took me like 10 years to really see, oh, Nashville really is growing. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so now you're, you're, you've got a footprint there. I mean, you're, you've got real estate stuff mm-hmm. out west too, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's cool, man. And you, you have allowed me. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Keith Bullock. Former tight linebacker, Syracuse, Orange, Orange men or Orange? Not, well, I'm an Orange man. Okay. I'm definitely from the Orange men era. The Orange, they're, hey, they do what they need to do. I respect them. I cheer for them. I, I give them one eye, sometimes two <laughs> eyes. Two eyes in the beginning of the season, and then as the year goes, it's like a side eye. Like Because like, yeah. we started off 6-0, and yep. and we finished 7-8 and eight maybe, something like that. But, like, we, that means we lost – a lot of games in, in the end. So I was yeah, never. finished like the Titans. Yeah, I was never, absolutely, drinking the juice. And that's funny because the Titans <laughs> with a wing can make the playoffs. I know. So you, we were both at the game last night, Thursday night football. Um, Keith sees the game differently than I do. I sit in a very quiet press box. <laughs> He's always in a suite somewhere at Nissan Stadium. Um, and I, I know you've been talking at length about this game uh, all morning as well. But the. The, the, you're right. The Titans have now lost six straight games. And there is, in, in effect, and, and it really is this, it is the AFC South championship game in Week 18, regardless of what happens between Jacksonville and Houston on Sunday, the Titans and the Jags on what I think will be Saturday night or Sunday night football, um, they will play for the right to go to the postseason, and they will actually host a game. They will be hosting probably, I mean, the, the five-seed uh, right now, uh, we'll get to this in, in a bit. You've got a, a number of contenders uh, in the mix, but Baltimore, Miami, Chargers, maybe the Jets. There, there's still some contention there on how we finish the final two weeks, but um, it's not inconceivable, at least in my mind, that Jacksonville could win a couple of these. Yeah, I wasn't talking about Cincinnati last year, for instance, right. at this time. Uh, but the Titans will be backdooring their way in, potentially on a one and six record going into the postseason and they're doing it right now with Josh Dobbs who in his first career start um, did much better than Malik Willis since Ryan Tannehill's been out and if you just compare the passing yards and stats aren't everything if you just compare the passing yards there have been 12 games this year uh, where Tannehill didn't reach that mark that Dobbs did last night so uh, I don't think there's any question who's starting against Jacksonville. Um, the problem is I know Trevor Lawrence is starting for Jacksonville, at least as of right now. That Peterson's playing the starters. That's what he said against Houston. I think that's dumb. You can correct me if you disagree. But I, for the right to go back to the postseason for them since, for the first time since 2017, second time since 2007, uh, this will be the third, excuse me, they, they've got to make sure that Trevor Lawrence is healthy. I don't know why they're playing him this week against Houston. Well, they're playing them because, you know, Doug Peterson's trying to establish a culture. You know what I mean? He doesn't yeah. want a young team to kind of cruise into the playoffs like, oh, yeah, we did it. We just got to win. Like, look, the Titans could do what they need to do. 
the Titans have been in the playoffs every year that Mike Vrabel has been a coach. You know what I'm saying? This will be his first losing season. Right. So he's at liberty to do as he pleases. But with Doug Peterson just getting down there, he's starting to win over now the fan base. Because at first, you know, you got to come in and win your team. He's starting to win over Mm -hmm. the fan base. So if he just doesn't – takes the the foot off the gas now, like, damn, they're there. They are there. Like, they they hold – they control their own destiny. So they are there. And – as the coach, as the leader, unsung, he, he uh, excuse me, leader off the field, mm. he has to make those corporal decisions. Those he's, he's the general. I wonder though, and you've been in these situations. Uh, you're on a ten and zero Titans team, and you knew you were thirteen and three. You had the number one seed. There are games where coaches will go through the week like normal, and then the night before, the day of. They, hey, we're, we're sitting you today, right? They go around the locker room after warm-ups and say, hey, shut it down. Yeah. Or it's one of those things, you know, he's getting them revved up because they're essentially hosting a playoff game. Yeah. So yeah. We, we got Playoffs start next week. Yeah. You know, but obviously Jacksonville has to get through this game. Now we're talking about Jacksonville. We're going to transition to the Titans. Yeah. But Jacksonville, they have to get their minds right and realize that, okay, Tennessee knows because they're not playing this weekend because they already played last night that – Next week, it's, it's all on the, the marbles. But Doug Peters cannot allow his team, his young team, second-year quarterback. It was a, a disaster last year based upon how it started in the coaching. Now they got somebody real there that has won. So Doug Peterson has to finish the task. This is how you really do it. This is why everyone is playing. So Doug Peterson will definitely explain that to his team you know, and probably has explained it yeah. today. And you're right. I mean, this is the first time those guys have been in this situation. Yeah. The Titans have been there. Yeah. So Vrabel sits Derrick Henry and, yeah. and, and Simmons and others yep. last night. And they still, it was a four point game going into the fourth quarter. Yep. So yesterday we had guest host JP here in Sibia. And uh, JP bet on the Titans at outkick.com slash bet. He took the Titans plus 14. It was a push? Is that a it was push? a push, and I took the minus 14, and I took the over. I lost the over. I thought Dallas was going to boat race them last night, I, really. Uh, and I want to get to the Cowboys in a moment. But the, the, the Titans held their own through three quarters, and a big fourth quarter for Dallas won that game on Thursday night football. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a Vrabel group, and for the vast majority of this, of this team, it's a John Robinson group, too. That has been there and done that. We showed the graphic earlier. First losing season for the franchise since 2015 is guaranteed now. But they've been through the process of gearing up for the postseason. Jacksonville has not. And so to your point, that may be why Peterson's got to play it this way. Got to. He's got to. Because you want this team to have this mentality for a long time. And where are they playing Houston? Uh, I think it's in Jacksonville. Right. Is it in Houston? Well, I, I mean, the reason why I ask, because if it is at home, they get back to back home games. Yeah, it may they, be in Houston. It, it's in Houston. Okay. OK, well, it's in Houston. It doesn't matter. But they can't. This is this team is so young that they can't look forward is where. Yeah. Where I'm going at what I was saying before. If they were at home, they're going to defend the fort two times in a row. You can't look forward to defending the fort and really hosting. You will get they'll get two playoff games, correct? I mean, they'll get the host the so, playoff game if they win the yes, South. Yes, guaranteed. So essentially, to be able to host two playoff games with a first-year coach, no one really thought they were going to do anything, 
they were building from the same bones of a team that's been around the last couple years. Not was it an impressive season? No, but they're trending in the right direction. And to win the AFC South for Doug Peterson, to host a home playoff game, you won over the city. Now let's go to the draft. Let's go to free agency. Now we can get wide receivers other than Christian Kirk that want to come with yeah. the Zay Jones and everything else that they have. They have, have so. Calvin Ridley next year too. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're in a good spot. And I, it's mainly because we have seen Trevor Lawrence now, I think, turn a corner. Yeah. You know, like the AFC, we, we've gone all week looking at the AFC playoffs. Who is locked in right now? Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. And Trevor Lawrence can add his name to that mix this year in year number two. We haven't really talked about Lawrence in that same conversation with right. that group. That's massive for them. Yeah, and, you know, Trevor Lawrence has always been spoken about at each level as the top quarterback yeah. or in that elite group. So yep. him getting these next two wins, beating the Titans, just it doesn't matter once they get to the playoffs. He goes into this offseason – I'm sure they'll, you know, Jacksonville will start to get the notoriety that they kind of hope and look for. And, well, and, and everyone else is start the, to dig themselves out of the cellar that they've been in. That's um, the that's the division right now. Yeah, you know, sure. the, the Titans lose. There's a sentiment here that it's that it's some moral victory. Uh, the defense to me last night against Dallas has played the same way as they have all year. Uh, they they're very gritty, tough, physical. They know what is expected of them, and they. They are the definition of next man up. I can't say the same thing about the offense, but Vrabel and that staff, they do a very good job defensively. When someone goes down, except for Danico Autry, when hmm. someone goes down, they do a really good job of stepping in and doing enough to where you give your offense an opportunity in the fourth, and that's where the Titans have really lost off, is it dropped off. Is they, they have not been the offense of the past that has been more of a second-half offense to finish a game, and they're not coming up with those big plays, and they haven't all year. But we saw some offensive spark from Josh Dobbs in his first career start. There's no question in my mind he's the starter going into Jacksonville. We know that Tannehill's on injured reserve. He's not coming back this year. Nice job by Dobbs. The interception late in the fourth also tells you why I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say, oh, Jacksonville's got to worry about this. You know, like Jacksonville's still right now the better team. And... I'm also judging this based on what Dallas did. They turned the ball over three times in the first half. And I saw what you said. Dallas, to you, is not a true contender because of the mentality of their head coach not going for it in a certain situation. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that, like, like everybody, like, you were at the game last yeah. night. So I thought it was great. It was a night game. They turned off the lights. They flashed the lights. <laughs> Who run it? Who run it? You know what I mean? And, like, I just thought, like, I just went back to, you know, when I played and wasn't on, like, such a good team. And, like, yo, running out of that tunnel with all that lights and the, the night game and all that energy, yeah, that's what's up. Like, you feel, you always feel when you run out of the tunnel, you're going to win and you got a chance. But I immediately thought to the New England Patriot game when we lost 59-0. Oh, I had that same feeling when we ran out of the tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> but you refused to go out of that game. Yeah, not nah, for sure. You're one of the few that didn't tap out. And so, and that's why I gained. Look, you know what? Let me um, let me like finish okay, to, yeah. to what you're what you're saying. So with the Cowboys, it's it's one of those things. You're supposed to roll this team. 
No one in that stadium. The most excited thing for exciting thing for Titans fans, and they really were on it. They were super, and they didn't. All they cared about was their boy Josh Dobbs was getting the opportunity to start. Because Josh Dobbs is a um, Tennessee Vols legend. We are in Tennessee Vols country. Yes. So and his last start came in that stadium in the Music City Bowl. Exactly. It's been a while. And to get the opportunity to see him as a pro, to go out. Yeah, you follow people. You know, you always follow people's careers, but mm-hmm. so many people. And you know, I've learned what type of person he was outside of you know football. And I know we all expand further than how. We are what, what what what's shown. For but sure. I just never met him personally, so it's even great that. So like, the fact that he's rising to well, I'm not gonna say he would have rose to the occasion if they won, but he did more than expected, and it also, gives him a chance. Yes. Also, I think it's an even game when they play Jacksonville okay. with Josh Dobbs. Okay. I find, I feel like he makes it even, um, just because of his decision making. He he commands the offense. He comes out and um, controls the situation, and he makes decisions. He makes sharp decisions, whether they be good, bad, or indifferent. He's not sitting there, you know, in limbo. He's making a decision. Nothing was chaotic last night. Right. Right? And that's the difference. It looked like an offense. When you watch a backup quarterback, that's what it should look like. um, By the way, Keith will vouch for this, too. Like. I'll speak for him. We're not saying this is a great option for Tennessee. No. Mm. There are no great options. This is the better of the bad options right now at quarterback. Yeah, no. um, Like, it was crazy to me when I found out Josh Dobbs was starting. He's only thrown 17 passes in his entire (laughs) six-year career. Last night was his first start. So, to me, I think that, look, the writing's on the wall for Malik. Yeah. Or he's coming, they're bringing all three back, and they're going to, you know, have a competition and maybe bring in a fourth to, you know, bring in, bring that competition up to par. But whatever it was, they could say what they want. They've seen Malik enough to know that they need somebody to help them through, and Josh Dobbs was the best option that was out there. All right, so in 60 seconds, the Mike McCarthy chose to kick a field goal. Yeah. Right, in the first half. Mike McCarthy's not a savage. He's not, he's not hungry. Like, if you got a playoff team, I'm sending this weaker team a message. You know what I'm saying? We're, it's 7-0. We got Dax, CD. We got all these weapons. Look, a fourth and two on the 30 going in? Yeah, I'm lining up, and I'm running it down your throat. And then we're going to get seven, and now we're up 14-0. Now I'm giving you something to think about because I know you're playing with a backup quarterback, and Titans can't even come back when they have their starting come, um, quarterback. It's hard. I shouldn't say they sh- can't even. It's hard for them to come back when they have yes. a starter. So, yeah, I'm trying to go up 14-0. Let's get this thing over with. You know what I mean? You caught yourself. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's what, He's one for one so far. Keith Bullock <laughs> sitting in the uh, seat of Chad Withrow, who is uh, snowed in in Nebraska. Wow. The entire week. Yeah, he drove 13 hours. I told him, hopefully there's no crying with the two girls in the back. He goes, oh, Ooh. there will be crying, both by them and it's me tough. on the drive. What up, Chad? Yeah, Withrow's watching. He gives us a thumbs up here. Uh, you can join us in the chat as well. Just search out Outkick360 YouTube, Twitter as well. And you can join us at Outkick.com. Joining us next is Trey Wallace. We'll switch gears. And we will get into the college football playoff, Tennessee and Clemson later tonight. And then later in today's show, the Cowboys, T.O., is he 
really, really, Terrell Owens is really Yo, contemplating a, a comeback. Is there a team that will really bring him in at the age of 49? We'll get KB's thoughts on that, too. Trey Wallace next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Outkick 360 rolls on. Special guest host Keith Bullock in the house. Former Titans linebacker. New York Giants linebacker, Syracuse Orangeman as well. Fresh up. Um, one rule we have today, if we give the update on South Carolina Notre Dame, which is about to kick off, we have to ask Colin Warner, our uh, executive producer for radio. He does everything for us on the, the audio in. Massive Irish fan. He has requested not to know the score. I don't know why... Uh, he thinks he can pull this off, but I'm going to do everything in my power to let him know before we give a scoreboard update throughout <laughs> the show. So we'll have him step out, and then we'll have um, a scoreboard update of South Carolina and Notre Dame. And I know Trey Wallace will be watching this game as well as tonight's Orange Bowl between Tennessee and Clemson and much more with the college football playoff and uh, Alabama, Kansas State, and more of it all covered at outkick.com. Trey joins us weekly to chat all things college football. Trey, how are you, man? I am good, guys. I don't know how you're going to keep that away from him. Uh, yep. Maybe just react to a big play, but don't announce <laughs> if it's a touchdown or not. Like you could just do that. So, or I could just go ahead and tell you how it's going to end. But either what, way, we're good. What do you think the offseason is going to be like for Shane Beamer if they finish, if the Gamecocks finish by beating Tennessee, Clemson, and Notre Dame? Yeah, I, I think you you kind of flip the, the switch a little bit on how it's been for the last three and a half weeks in Columbia. I mean, there, it, it was Jonathan. It was full like meltdown mode, um, and you saw it. Shane Beamer had to come out in, in a press conference and, and name off, you know, while why Dow Loggins should be the offensive coordinator. Like, it, it <laughs> did, was, you see, did you hear Keith's reaction? Oh, I, I heard him. Trust me, <laughs> he's there. Uh, so, it, look, you go from you go from one spectrum of beating Tennessee and Clemson, and then you're having to explain yourself. Now you have Notre Dame sitting in front of you today. You know, this this is a big win for for them if they can grab it. Uh get the nine wins on the season, get into the offseason, you know, with 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 a lot of momentum. See what you can do with the quarterback position. And you have to see what you get under Dow Loggins as the offensive coordinator. So it it's gonna be interesting to see what Beamer and them try to pull off this afternoon. How much weight do you feel, the, um, in your opinion, obviously, do these bowl games mean when these kids can, you know, you play a whole season and then, okay, I'm going to transfer to another team, and I don't, and you don't, you know, you don't get to, you don't get to finish what you kind of completed. It's a little selfish. I think the NCAA has to kind of figure that part out. Um, but yeah, how does how much weight do these wins ultimately hold moving forward? I I think it depends on. Maybe the game, and I hate to break it down like that, but you know, look at look what happened to Ole Miss the other night when they lost to Texas Tech. Um, they they had lost five games in a row to to close out the season. Um, you you look at other teams, Arkansas, 
they had a rough part of the second half of their season, but then they beat Kansas in a bowl game, so you got a little bit of momentum. I think I think this is a big deal for South Carolina. I think it's a very big deal tonight in Miami with Tennessee and Clemson because if Tennessee can get that win tonight, somehow stop Clemson and Cade Klubnick on, on offense and, and be able to hold him maybe under 28 points or whatnot, we see what Joe Milton could do. All I'm saying is it sets it up for 2023 because a lot of these players you're seeing tonight in this bowl matchup, they're going to be guys that are going to be around in the spring. And and so you're kind of getting an early look. So, Keith, if you can get some, you know, if these guys can get a little momentum into it, uh, into the offseason, I, I think it's big. And for some schools, it doesn't matter. They'll turn the page They'll they'll start winter conditioning in three weeks. Kids are going to go home, enjoy their families and whatnot. And so I, it probably just depends on how the season's going, in my opinion. And I think with the opt-outs and whatnot, I think it's understandable in certain cases, like Alabama, where they take out you know, an, an insurance policy on Bryce Young and Will Anderson to try to make them feel more comfortable in playing in the bowl game. But there's just a difference. You know, you don't see players opting out at Alabama. And I'm not saying it's because of coaching or anything like that. I just – there's a mentality instilled into those kids at Alabama. They're going to finish what they started. So it, it's been interesting to see over the last couple of weeks. Trey Wallace with us. Outkick.com is where you can read his work. You can follow him on social at Trey Wallace underscore. Uh, by the way, check out the Trey Wallace podcast while you're there. Uh, Trey. It's, it, speaking of the Orange Bowl, it's very difficult for me to get a read on this game, a good feel for this game. Uh, number one, I don't trust Joe Milton the same way Vols fans trust Joe Milton, right? He's We know he's not Hendon Hooker. I'm not certain he's the guy next year, but some people are. So I, I honestly don't think we're going to have that answer tonight either. I think it'll be very uh, in the middle for what that's worth. Again, I don't think we'll have a good feel for this. However... Tennessee's offense, they led the nation in rushing touchdowns. That doesn't get nearly enough attention. They have their offensive line intact right now as they take on Clemson. If they control the line of scrimmage against a solid and NFL-worthy group of players on the Clemson defense, what type of of game are we in for here? Because I honestly don't know. I don't think we get – I don't think we get a shootout. Like, I don't think this turns into, like, Alabama, Tennessee, where, you know, it's in the 50s and whatnot. I think Tennessee, and not on purpose, but I think they might slow this thing down with their rushing attack. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see about Jabari Small, but you've got guys like Jalen Wright, Dylan Sampson. you got an offensive line for Tennessee um, that, that's playing really good football. They're going to have Darnell Wright playing tonight. Um, so if Jabari... And these other two can get going, and then maybe they figure out a way to get Joe Milton involved in, in an RPO or get him going down the field. Maybe that changes it up a little bit because I'm I'm kind of with you, Jonathan. Like I don't trust Joe Milton right now to be able to complete uh, a pass on every other play. Yeah, uh, I, I could you know I could I could see him hitting a thirty to forty yard bomb you know, every five plays or something like that, or at least trying. But I don't know if I see – I don't see him the same way as like Hendon Hooker running the offense, which is obvious. But I think tonight is a nice preview of what you can get in the spring. What if this kid comes out and Joe Milton tonight, he throws for, 
I don't know, let's just say 250 yards and he's got three touchdowns. You know, so you're you're setting up the quarterback competition in the spring practice because it, it also like Nico coming in, no offense to Nico, but he's an 18-year-old kid who needs to put on 25 pounds and learn a college yeah, offense. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, you can say it's an open competition, and it probably will be, but Joe Milton has been in the system for a very long time. So I promise you, Tennessee coaches are hoping he steps up tonight and, and takes that next step as a quarterback at Tennessee uh, because it would be a really, really good insurance policy to have in 2023. So, Keith, earlier this week, Joe Milton apparently threw an orange at the Orange Bowl over 100 yards. But the thing about Milton, and we've all seen him play, the thing about Milton is he has no touch. I want to see him complete a pass for 15, intermediate, 5 to 15 yards without it being just a rocket off the chest of a receiver. Everything's exactly the same with him, and that's not always a good thing whenever you're the receiver or the tight end or the back out of the backfield that's just trying to get a touch pass and then stay in space. You know, well, you know what, maybe, maybe Keith might agree with this, and I'm interested to get his take. So Joe Milton... You know, without Tennessee's two starting wide receivers tonight, Joe Milton, who has been working with the second string, you're going to see the second string mm-hmm. wide receivers that are going to be actually playing tonight in Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White, and whatnot. So, like, how big is that, that that young man has been working with those second teamers all year long, and now they're shuffled into the first spot, Keith? Yeah, I think that's huge because, like you said, when he was getting those opportunities, those are the guys that he was building the rapport with. Those are the guys that he was getting his timing down with. And um, to be going into a game um, that you're not going to have your two-star wide receivers, these young guys saw what these other guys were able to do in this offense, and they're looking at it like, yo, this is my time to shine in the Orange Bowl and to what you were saying, they come back in the spring with that confidence um, of already been in a big game, made plays. They did some things when they had the opportunity this year, yeah. but it was with Hendon Hooker. Um, so to get out there with their guy that's possibly going to be at the helm next year is um, very beneficial, especially if they go out there and able to perform. Trey Wallace with us, outkick.com. Trey, um, how do you beat Georgia? <laughs> Uh, figure out how to stop six foot seven, three hundred sixty pound Jalen Carter along the defensive line. I mean, you're gonna Ohio State's gonna have to double team him. They're gonna have to try to run the football, get to the edges. Um, Georgia's so fast. I, I think that you know a, a lot of people forget how fast they are. You know, at the running back spot, uh, Stetson Bennett is like a, a little magician when it comes <laughs> to him kid. getting outside the pocket. <laughs> Yeah, he's sly. He's a great he can story. Get, you know, 15, 20-yard type plays. He can get down the field. Um, I think, you know, they're going to have to force Stetson Bennett into some mistakes tomorrow. I, I think that, you know, an interception or two, trying to figure out how they're going to stop the the rushing attack. And, look, Ohio State's a good football team. They're they're speedy. They had the receivers do it. C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, is a, is a good quarterback, mm-hmm. and a lot of people feel the same way about that. Um, but how much do they pick on the Georgia secondary? I, I think that's what separates this game. Are they going to try to beat them deep, you know, as often as they can, or are they going to go intermediate in 15, 20 yards across the middle? I look at I look at this game and and I I think Georgia's defensive line 
is so dominant that you're going to see CJ Stroud having to get outside the pocket numerous times. And, and how does that come to fruition when it comes to plays down the field? Like, I, I think that's what stands out to me. I, I, you know, I think this is a ball game in the fourth quarter. I think Georgia probably adds a touchdown and a field goal somewhere towards the end, uh, maybe makes it a 10 to 14 point game. Um, but it's not going to be surprising one bit when Ohio State is sitting in this football game late and, and Georgia is, is going to have to flip the switch uh, and, and try to put them away. So I, I just I just feel like Georgia's defensive line is too dominant right now and too quick. So we'll see. So, so with that being said, um, will Ohio State be able to establish a running game, one, and then the second fold is, look, Michigan ran through Ohio State's defense. With, like, and that's Big Ten football. Now, when you add size and speed that Georgia is bringing, if Ohio State can't get there, because I think they'll be able to pass if they're able to hold up in, you know, obviously in, in you know, the line of scrimmage and whatnot. But they're going to need that running game to produce in order for – they're going to have to play complementary football, run pass, and obviously def- – they're going to have to – all phases of the game. Are, is Ohio State that good? I mean, Keith, you kind of hit on it too a little bit too. Michigan did that against Ohio State without Blake Corum. Their top running right. in, in the country. I mean, he was hurt. So they're, you know, technically they're doing it with second and third string backs and JJ McCarthy, a quarterback. Um, I, you know, it 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 all depends on how much Ryan Day or how many times Ryan Day is going to try, try to establish a running game. You know, if he if they get shut down, let's say 15 out of the first 22 attempts, you know, do you keep going back to that well? Or do you try to play Georgia, you know, in the in the passing attack and then you know, Georgia can play four men on the line of scrimmage and just sit back if they want to in, in zone or dime and say, okay, try to pass the football. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it's one of those things. And, you know, Keith, you would probably know this. I mean, if you got a quarterback like C.J. Stroud, are you putting a spy on him the whole game and just saying, okay, we're going to put our fastest defender on C.J. Stroud for the whole game and, and, and see what he does trying to beat us out of the pocket? I think that's one of the things you have to look at. The thing, too, about Ohio State is they're basically Georgia of last year. You know, Georgia was one or two throughout the entire rankings all of last year, and then they lose in the SEC championship game to Alabama, and they go into the playoff in the three seed, and they get the extra opportunity. And Ohio State, after losing to Michigan, didn't play in the Big Ten championship, but now they have the extra opportunity. And there is a vibe with that. I... Keith, you didn't go to, to the New York. I don't know if it's because you thought Syracuse was going to lose or not for the bowl game <laughs> yesterday. Maybe it could, yeah, maybe. I wasn't so, I, I lost interest. Okay. So I I'm I was confident in what you're saying, Trey, about Ohio State making this a game until Eddie George was here on Tuesday, guest hosting. And I asked him what he was doing for New Year's Eve. And he said he was thinking about going to Atlanta, where this game is being played. Ohio State, Georgia. The fact that Eddie George doesn't have a suite. For Ohio State, the college football playoff against number one Georgia tells me everything I need to know about this matchup. He was there for the Michigan uh, debacle in the second half, and he's not going to Atlanta on New Year's Eve. It means he Take doesn't feel this strong enough. Means he he doesn't feel this strong enough. He was trying to get a reason uh-huh. to go, and he did. He said he didn't want to drive in the rain. Think about that. Come on, Eddie. Think, think about that. Now, you know, some 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 way he'll get some charter flight to Atlanta. He'll be there tomorrow, and he'll be you know, shown on. And mine was the pinstripe bowl. Like, come on, I know, man. You I know. can't, you know. 
But I, yeah, I, I'm true. reading into it. And I got you. I Eddie, like Eddie laughed at me when I called him, him out on it. Yeah, he can get somebody to drive him. He's good. I mean, if he wants to go to that game, somebody, somebody will drive him down to if he does, you know, I, 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 look, if they win, if I bet you he'll go to the next one. Oh, in LA for yeah, sure. You'll be there too. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> you can you can join me out there, Keith. We'll have a good time, buddy. Nice I'm telling Buckeye. you. We'll just, we'll just have to figure out which other team is going to be out there. You know, from the Atlanta region, or is it going to be Michigan, DCU? So what do you? Who knows? Yeah, good, that's that's a great transition. Mm-hmm. What do you? Um, how do you think about that one? I, I just think I, it, I think JJ McCarthy in Michigan, uh, the way they're able to run the football, this is you know this is a redemption tour for for Michigan after getting embarrassed last year in the Orange Bowl by Georgia. It just feels like one of those games where they're going to come out and they're going to lay the hammer on TCU. Now I, I I think Max Duggan is good enough to keep this TCU team around for a while. I think you know Condre Miller. Great running back for TCU, you know, but can they really do it against Michigan's defense? And if and if JJ McCarthy gets hot throwing the football, but also running the football like he did against Ohio State, I don't think TCU has a shot of hanging in there for four quarters. So it just, you know, I I love the TCU story. Don't get me wrong, it was good for college football, but I think the Michigan story of redemption and getting to that national championship game overwhelms the Horn Frogs this weekend. With Harbaugh being there for so long and having his struggles early, like being on the hot seat for however many years to now finally seem like he's getting it dialed in, what do you think he changed about himself that allowed him to get the players um, that he needed and to buy into whatever style you know he was implementing with them? You know, Keith, I think one of the biggest things is he kind of let go of control um of both sides of the football i think that was i think that was monster for him you know it, it you can only do so much as a head coach and i right. and i think that you know if you're a good head coach you delegate things down and you let your assistant coaches run it without trying to stick your nose into everything and i think what you have seen out of jj mccarthy is a a a positive sign of how much Harbaugh has been working with him and focusing on the quarterbacks. I I really do. So I I look at this game overall and I look at Michigan overall for them to get back in this position of being able to play for a national championship potentially, you know, if they win, um it it shows you that not a lot fell off from last season, but also that Harbaugh was like, "Okay, Something wasn't working last year. You know, we get embarrassed the way that we did. We didn't show up in the semifinals. Let's go back to the drawing board. And I think you have seen that this year with the Michigan offense, which I give a lot of credit to. It's a, it's a darn good one. If they had Blake Corum, they'd be even more dangerous. Like that, that I mean, it'd be ridiculous. So I, I just think he has cha- not changed his coaching philosophy, Keith, but I think he has decided, okay, Maybe I should only focus on maybe one or two things, not 30 things going on in my organization. And just to pick up there and a final thought, Trey, uh, as we go into the the weekend and we'll recap everything next week with you, uh, to Michigan. So they had Michigan State and Penn State. They split those games last year. Now they end up making the playoff. They split those games last year. The combined score, Wolverines 54, opponents 54 with those two teams. Uh, They beat Ohio State by 14 at home last year. Michigan then destroys Michigan State and Penn State this year. 
Combined score there was 70 to 24 yeah. compared to last year. And they beat Ohio State by 22 on the road with a massive rushing performance without Corum. I know he carried a handful of times, but without Corum. That's right. a difference. And I think that starts on the offensive line. And I'm curious how they hold up, not necessarily against TCU, but against the physicality of what Georgia brought. Because everyone thought, oh, Michigan's going to be able to match what Georgia's bringing in this game because we saw what they did to Ohio State. And turns out it wasn't even close a year ago. Now they have that next opportunity. And that's kind of been the, the mantra of the team. They're on a mission to get back to where they are. And when they have the opportunity, potentially, to face Georgia, they get a chance to prove it. And let's not forget last year, Jonathan, that was a once-in-a-generation type defense from Georgia. No doubt, yeah. Like, that that, that defense was I – mean, we've seen some good Alabama defenses in the past. That Georgia defense, I put that up against any defense we've seen in the last 20 years. Um, so, you look at Michigan in, in the way that they've been able to beat opponents this year, you know, they haven't taken their foot off the gas either during these games. And I think that's one thing that, that Harbaugh has kind of instilled in these guys, four quarters. Let's go. Let's run the football if we have to. We can work on the fly. The offense is different, and that's the biggest thing as well. They have the ability to be able to rush the ball while also passing it. I don't think we mm -hmm. saw that double you know, weapon last season. So now you're starting to, and you're starting to see an offense that came together. So it's been fun to watch Michigan. I think I'll be watching them in Los Angeles uh, whenever who they play, which I think is going to be Georgia. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be Michigan, Georgia, and a rematch uh, for the national championship. But, you know, anything can happen. Look, that's what we love about college football. You get a motivated TCU team in there. Maybe it's a game in the fourth quarter. But uh, but I but I expect to see some, some blue, and I expect to see some red out in L.A. next week. Check out the Trey Wallace podcast. Uh, Connor O'Garrett is his guest this week from Saturday Down South. You just go to outkick.com, click on shows. Everything drops down right there, and you can catch it each and every week. Trey, uh, enjoy Charlotte. Enjoy the wedding and all of the college football tonight, all day today. We've got three games in progress right now, and, of course, the college football playoff. Happy New Year to you, man. We'll catch up next, next year and next week. Happy New, New Year, Trey. guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much. Trey Wallace joins us weekly. Coming up in uh, 14 minutes, Fred Taylor will join us. Jag's great. He's in the 10,000-yard club. He should, I mean, you could say he should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Every former player that played against him has told me Fred Taylor is a Hall of Famer. We'll chat with him. That's coming up in uh, less than 15 minutes when we come back. Keith, I've got the outright winners in the NFL. Underdogs right now that I'm saying... Put your money on at outkick.com slash bet. The, and I've got three this week. We're not parlaying this. I only, right. I get to pick as many games as I want. One, right. zero. I've got three. And you can crush me when we come back if All you right. disagree. That's next on Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With Keith Bullock, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us for Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. It is time for my underdogs of the week in week 17. 
Play these outright. Not in a parlay. Individually, you win two of three, you're going to win some money. Give me the Bengals at home. Uh, they're an underdog by a point and a half. I think they're the better team. I think they're better than Buffalo. They're better than Kansas City. And they prove it again on Monday night. They are the team of the AFC right now I am riding with all the way to the Super Bowl in Glendale. I, I like the way they're playing. Their defense is good enough. Um, I wish they got to the passer more often, Keith. But, hey, uh, they're not turning the football over as much as Buffalo has been. Give me Joe Burrow and the Bengals at home on Monday night. Yeah, you know what? I, I like that. I like that pick. I do like um, Buffalo because I got Josh Allen as my fantasy quarterback. That's not and a I'm bad in, one. I'm in the finals. I need him to play well. But in all seriousness, I think that um, the Bengals are playing the best football. They got the young team. They're hot. Um, they're playing with confidence. They got swagger. All those things that you need. They almost don't even know better. Whereas You're Buffalo, right. Buffalo, like they're Pressure. trying to get back, they're yeah, trying yeah. to, you know, you know, right the wrong of last year. Whereas I think Joe Burrow and the crew really don't care. They just got the swag. They know they're going to go out and make their plays. Joe Cool, yeah, Joe Cool, know? Joe Burrow. Hey, outkick.com/bet is where you can go to join me. Give me the Bengals. Give me the Dolphins against the Patriots. Teddy Bridgewater. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle get theirs. Patriots are also banged up. And the Panthers. Tom Brady the Bucks have been coming back in these fourth quarters. The Panthers can run the football. They control the clock. Give me Carolina in my three-pack this week. Fred Taylor is next on Outkick 360.